Welcome, everybody, to episode number 34 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Once again, I'd like to say thank you to everybody who listens to and supports the Don't Start a Band podcast. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play and follow us on Facebook because we're doing the live episodes on Facebook now instead of YouTube. So if you want to get notified when we're going live, or if you just want to stay up to date on what's going on with the podcast and who we're going to have on, Facebook and Instagram are two of the best places to find all that out. On today's episode of the podcast, I had with me Marcus Apodaca. We played in If I Fail together, and he's one of my best friends, so I'm stoked that I got to finally have him on the podcast. We talked about the history of If I Fail, and it was really cool because we got to share some of our favorite memories of not only playing in the band, but also um, our favorite memories and times that we had with Colin. Uh, This episode, I know, meant a lot to me. It meant a lot to Marcus, and I know it means a lot to everybody listening because, uh, you know, Colin played a big part in not only the music scene, but also in everybody's life that he came in contact with. So I'm really honored that we got to do this episode and that we got to talk about everything on a public platform. So this episode is dedicated to Colin Mulhern, And without further ado, this is Marcus Apodaca of If I Fail on episode number 34 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. Cue the music. Episode number 34 of the Don't Start a Band podcast. I don't know why that was so hard to say. This is Marcus Apodaca from If I Fail. How the hell are you, Marcus? Good, man. Doing good. How are you? I uh, I gotta say it all official, you know. Right, it, it was kind of Make weird. it sound official. It was weird and pretend I just... like I didn't see <laughs> you this morning when you woke yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because <clears throat> otherwise it'd just be like, hey. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, gotta make it sound exciting. Yeah, can't be natural. I am excited though. I'm excited that you're here. We've talked about this for a long time, and uh, it's finally happening. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. This is a lot. Been a long time talking about this, doing this. So it has. Awesome that we finally did it. But it's worth it because I uh, I need time to think about things. You and I have had a lot of conversations where it's like on the spot and. you know, I need processing time, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not too quick-witted. I need to gather myself. But anyway, uh, why don't you tell the people who don't know a little bit about yourself and uh, how you got into playing music, like what inspired you, bands, all that shit. All right, well, I'm born and raised in Pueblo, Colorado. Moved up to Denver after I graduated high school. Um, to go to college, just kind of started, you know, 
trying to get life going, you know, early 20s, whatnot. And the road to music was just, you know, started really early. My mom, huge influence with that because she liked rock music growing up. And uh, so that was portrayed on me at a very young age, you know. But then probably around middle school, I really started developing my own taste. You know, really got into, I think the first like band that really got me was just like emotionally, I guess, would probably Linkin Park. Yeah. I know it's kind of a weird one, but like those early ones, man, they're... You'd probably be surprised how many people have said Linkin Park. Yeah. Like it had a profound effect on people. Mm -hmm. And that like carried on to, you know, My Chemical Romance and that whole thing and all that good stuff, but... Yeah, so I went to went to school, and I was you know just working, got a job at Vans, and that's where I met Colin. And then you know I wasn't doing music at the time; I really didn't know. I didn't being like from Pueblo, it felt like like I would never be able to be in a band. Like yeah. that never really crossed my mind at a young age. I Were thought you it ever was just, in uh, any bands in Pueblo, or I mean, me and me and uh, Dayton and Taylor. Had yeah. like a three-piece thing going on, and we actually played a show. Our first show was my sister's graduation party in like 2008. Nice. We played Unholy Confessions by Evan Sevenfold, <sighs> The Trooper by Iron Maiden, and then there was like a Blue Oyster Cult song in there too. It yeah. was so random, but that was, yeah, we so we all loved music and wanted to be in a band, but it just felt like it was a little bit unattainable, I guess. Yeah, just being you know. And then, there probably isn't a lot of venues in Pueblo, is there? Not, I mean, there was. It was a uh, Phil's Radiator, I believe. Yeah. Um, but that's like the only one really venue I knew that like did rock music. But yeah, at that age, like I couldn't go to a bar to see a show or anything, you know. But <clears throat> yeah, so music kind of seemed at that time just like oh, I'm just gonna go to school and do whatever but when I met Colin at Vans he showed me like everybody was doing something everybody was in a band everybody was involved in the scene and yeah and everything I was like damn like this shit is awesome did <laughs> like, you work with Rob Denver at yeah Vans? he was our boss yeah oh shit yeah so, so yeah you were surrounded by yeah he uh Rob would take me in the back and he would show us like his song the barrel plot songs and everything that's nice and yeah it's awesome so that's how I really like my first like encounter with the Denver scene and then yeah it felt like home man like it felt like there's only like three or four of us in Pueblo that listen to the music we listen to like yeah everyone else was like hip-hop or you know other country it's huge weird yeah. <laughs> but like yeah no one was listening to like screamo early screamo emo 2000s you know it was like a handful yeah. of us it felt like but yeah so I just started hanging out with Colin man just uh just, you know, just as friends, you know. Yeah. He said he sang, and I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. But I was still going to school, and I thought, yeah, like, you know, I wouldn't, wasn't thinking about being in a band at that time. Like, You're obviously, more like I did. one track mind towards school. Yeah. Well, I just, yeah. I always thought, like, I can't be, I can't, there's no way. Like, you know, I just yeah. didn't know. Like, you just kind of just have to do it, you know? You just kind of have to take that leap. Were you playing in the reggae band at the time? Yeah, that kind of started like around the same time, but a little bit earlier because we Tell were like us about that. <laughs> we were. Uh, you had a chin strap, uh, facial yeah, hair thing yeah, going on. Yeah, 
Make Pe sure you go back and stalk Marcus on uh, <laughs> Instagram. Yeah, I had chin strap late high school, you early college, but you looked way cooler than I did in uh, late high school. Yeah, that chin strap was heavily influenced by the, my girlfriend at the time. Oh, <laughs> but like, I was just like, eh, whatever, I don't care. But uh, um, it was just uh, what were we talking about? The reggae band. Oh yeah, the reggae. Was band. that a Craigslist find? No, actually, I grew up uh, with the bass player at the time. Like my entire life, and he was from Pueblo. Yeah. And then uh, he had a friend that he was friends with. Um, that he, uh, um, you know, he they joined up together, and he was also from Pueblo, but he was a I think a year or two older than us. But I had never really yeah. met him. And uh, they're like, "Hey, man, you know," they reached out to me because I was living with my roommate Allie at the time, and she knew I played guitar, obviously, because I played guitar in my room and whatnot. Yeah. But. And she recommended, like, hey, you should, you know, do that or you know, go see. And I was like, well, like, I want to be in a band, you know, but um, I'll just try it out. And I like reggae. I like reggae music, man. Like, it's an underrated, I think. Like, from, like, actual people, like, you know, they say, oh, Bob Marley. And, you know, but yeah. there's a lot of really good, talented bands out there, man. Re reggae. Annika's dad is definitely, because, uh, like, obviously I've only ever heard of you know Bob Marley and stuff like that, but he mm -hmm. listens to like more of the like newer stuff, mm -hmm. and uh, that I haven't delved much into it, but there's definitely a lot more to it than Bob oh, Marley. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so at the same time, like if was uh, starting, but they were doing a little bit opposite. Like uh, that band was called Liberation, and mm -hmm. we we're just playing a lot of shows, but not we weren't like recording music. Yeah, and then if I fail, was doing the opposite. We're recording music first before we played any shows, so I took it as an opportunity to like, oh well, I'm gonna get some live stage experience, you yeah. know, and just kind of get used to being on stage for when we do play our first show. As if I fail, you know, such different vibes though. Oh, it is. <laughs> I I got told Especially a lot like when if I fail started. Yeah, there's I a got lot a... more. Uh, yeah pits and craziness for sure yeah I, it was funny because uh, even my friends and family would tell me like when they first saw if i failed they're like you look so much more in your element in that yeah and i was like i, like, I enjoy it gave but like you can't really you know move around as much as you want mm -hmm. to <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. but but like you know it was really good i'm like i'm glad i did that it was really cool to experience yeah. that and i funny story with that uh, my first show with uh liberation I had just like learned the song like uh, in a week, you know, just yeah. basic chord just to play, you know, and I figure what the song was called, but we're doing our set and, they, and uh, Jordan, who is a vocalist, he's like, uh, we're playing this song. I was like, all right. So I played this song and uh, <laughs> yeah, we finished that song. He comes back. I'm like, all right, what song's next? He's like, this song. And I was like, didn't we just play that song? <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, I don't, I don't know if you, I can't remember if he said anything, but I was like, yeah. fuck, did I just play the same song twice? <laughs> Cause those chords were so similar, you know? So yeah. That was like my first show. <clears throat> so I played the same song twice <laughs> at uh, Herman's hideaway. Oh yeah. Well, it's Herman's hideaway. <laughs> now we, I was in a, a punk band back in the day uh, when I was like 18, it was called chin up. And, like, I was playing drums, and Colton was playing bass in it. 
And we used to do a cover of Goonies Never Say Die by Say Your Goals. And uh, we didn't have a lot of songs. And of course, they were like two minute songs, super fast. And so we got done and people were, you know, wanted more music. So we just played that song again. <laughs> wow. I did, I, we played, I know we for sure played it twice. We might have played it three times. But can yeah. you do that? I don't think you're allowed to do that. You can if you're in an unfinished basement and people want you to do it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Like if at our shows, like if we were headlining and people wanted us to play like the same song twice, I'd fucking do it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. I like playing the songs. Um, yeah, so I had met Colin back in the day and like the life spot days and stuff. But, uh, you know, and of course I'd seen him at shows and all that. But the first time I became aware of If I Fail, I think, um, and like I'd actually known Andy Woodson more because like he um, later on in his career started playing with like alternative rock bands and like that was the scene I was in. So like. At the time, I was friends with him, and I remember him sharing the lyric video to Frozen, mm -hmm. and I was like, what? This is pretty fucking rad. Mm -hmm. And then, technically, the first time we met, he uh, brought me to one of your guys' band practices. Yeah. And, like, looking back, I'm like, it would have made more sense if I knew. Like, I, you know, Colin and I kind of knew each other, and then, like, but that was basically yeah, yeah. it and i just remember uh you know watching the practice and it was cool as fuck i definitely didn't feel like i was cool enough to be there uh but then afterwards you were like all right we're gonna have a band meeting and like fucking sinjin was like <laughs> in charge of it or whatever and andy was like yeah just uh go wander around and so i just fucking went and wandered around downtown because you were at that uh practice the space, space. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. is it it's, it was just called Colorado Music or something, wasn't it? Like Is a, that what it was? I don't know. It wasn't like I think the it was shelter. Or... <laughs> yeah, it looked like a shelter. <laughs> <laughs> it was sketchy as fuck. It was. I was like nervous about leaving my gear there. I was just like, dang, I don't know. Yeah. They had like they had like a caretaker guy. I forgot his name. Jimmy? No. Yeah. I forget it was. But he just he'd get paid just to wander and like watch all the rooms just check and stuff. The doors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I've always thought about that but like you said like yeah getting your shit stolen or yeah it's just that's weird can people live in those i like if you were really like i mean yeah hard up for a place to were, live yeah i mean i guess you could we'd have to lie a little bit but yeah i could assume like if you're paying for it you're paying for it you know i fucking guess so do whatever you want. It's your space, right? <laughs> but that was the... I think that was the first time I heard you guys play Saturday, too. Oh, yeah. That was like... We just like... That was the first time we started covering, for sure. And Happy... Yeah. It was like right around Christmas time, and you guys played Happy Holidays, You Bastards by Blink-182. Mm -hmm. We had to work to get Colin to do that one. <laughs> no. Well, and that, that was like my first experience with, like with his quirkiness, because... Uh, you know, I knew that Andy liked Blink-182, and he knew that I liked Blink. And uh, you guys were going to play it, and Colin didn't know the words. And Andy was like, well, Jake can sing it. Just let him do it. And Colin just goes, do you have your own microphone? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, 
No, I was brought here. And he's like, uh, well, I'm kind of a germaphobe. And I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to sit back down and uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shut my fucking mouth. But then I saw you guys at Skatuary, I think, was the first show I saw. Mm-hmm. And that was after you guys, your first show was at the Summit, wasn't it? Yeah, that was with, that was a big show. That was with uh, 40 Fathoms. Burial Plot. Burial too, Plot. Right? I think Shotgun. As the Sky Darkens? I Did they? might have been on that. Um, I think I Am the Shotgun was on it, too. Damn. It was like a heavy list, but we just opened up. Was, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of people there. It was really cool. What Were you guys shitting before that? I mean, because of my prior reggae experience, <laughs> I was a you little... You were ready for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's no. hilarious. Yeah. I was No, it was totally a different vibe. I was still nervous. I, yeah. I still get... Even late playing shows on tour and everything, like I still always got nervous yeah. like, on stage. I just... Na- butterflies never went away, you know? That was something I was thinking about the other day. Somebody asked me if I got nervous before, like, going on stage. And you know what I realized? Because, like, it's not so much a nervous thing, but, like, especially with the whole selling pre-sale tickets, Mm -hmm. the thing that runs through my mind is, like, these people bought tickets from me. They're here to support me. Like, I want them to feel like it was a good, you know, money well spent. I don't want them to be like, well, that was a fucking shit show. <laughs> so, like, it's more so just pressure for me to, like, make it a good experience. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're playing with all those bands at that venue, that's pretty That's pretty insane. How did that first show go? It went really well for, for being a first show for us, you know, because all of it was before that was just practice. Yeah. And you can only practice so much, and st- being on stage is, I think, a whole different feeling oh, yeah. for sure. A lot more. You just naturally, you know, play faster. You, you know, I think we messed up only a couple times, but no, one, no one knew those songs yet because yeah. we had just, I think we just finished. With, I'm not even sure if we released the first EP. We had to have released the first EP. I don't know. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But yeah, but it's a whole different animal than just playing. Oh yeah. Well, and it, I, I mean, a huge thing, and this is like the big reason why I don't like to use like other people's amps or like anything like that is super hard for me because like you definitely practice it a certain way and hear it a certain way. But Mm -hmm. like when you get on stage and like you have, you know, different monitors and like a different different. sound, yeah, yeah, you're, it, it doesn't sound the same in like a big room like that, like going from the little closet practice space to Mm -hmm. the summit main like, stage what do you like you don't really get in like a in a practice space is you're all standing around looking at each other right yeah and then you're all on stage you're all facing one direction and it's like a little bit weird you know yeah it's just it's like you kind of have that urge to like look at i look at you know oh yeah the drummer you know so i do it all the time to david but he's always just like, like <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking paying attention to me at all and i'm just like yeah just like, <laughs> i think i was like my, one of my favorite things was during a set when i would like feel comfortable i'd always just like look at ian you know while he's oh, playing yeah. and went to stand there until he noticed me <laughs> ian just always looks so nervous <laughs> he'd know the songs but you'd turn and look at him and he'd be like <laughs> <laughs> i think i was just a drum face like, i don't know if he was nervous that was i remember that when uh right before you guys put out welcome legion the like promo picture was the 
fucking picture of him that was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he posted that. Oh, that was my favorite fucking thing ever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's fucking insane that you, that was your first show. Had a... I know that, like, Colin had done some, like, acoustic stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like, had he played anything like that? I don't think so. Yeah. I think he just, you know, recorded just, like, and then put music out. Yeah. But I don't think that he actually played any, like, live shows. But, I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not yeah. 100% sure on that. Because so. Greg and Patrick were in Out, out of Options. options. Mm-hmm. So they but had yeah, a little bit of experience. experience. For sure, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then, of course... That other guy with the long hair, Andy. <laughs> oh yeah, I was like, what? what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but anyway, fast forwarding, put out the EP. Did you guys do an EP release show for that? Um, for for the self titled. Is it a self titled or is it? Oh, the latest one. The first EP. Oh, the first one self titled. Yeah. 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 No, we. I have, yeah, we had an album release show at Marquee. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I don't think, because uh, it was like after that, like after, you know, Andy left and whatnot, I uh, I still like listened to you guys. And actually, I can remember the night that I actually downloaded the EP. Um, we were on our way to like a poker game or something. And I was like, well, I'm just going to download the EP. Started listening to it. And like, um out of options kicked in and i was like holy shit Mm. like that was my favorite fucking song off that ep um at first and then like you know frozen welcome legion Mm -hmm. um but then yeah ian and toby joined and then i think the first show we played was your guys tour kickoff if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. um is that the poster with like the green van in the I, was that the one or was it the uh the one with pinocchio or oh, mickey mouse it was it was pinocchio because it was a zero stars, stars tour, tour yeah mm-hmm. i know we played we played two of those didn't we i think we played both those tour kick yeah yeah that's why we mixed them up oh you know what i don't even know why i asked about the ep release show because we definitely played that i remember that because mm-hmm. um, that was uh the one i think lonely bones played that sounds about right yeah and shit got kind of crazy oh i that can't was believe that i moon room. Yeah, yeah i can't believe i fucking forgot about that because like you guys almost didn't play because like i remember uh the sound guy got punched oh, in the yeah. face yeah something and he was like i'm fucking man. done <laughs> yeah. i'm done but uh yeah but anyway uh you know, first time we started playing with the lineup was a tour kickoff, and Griffith actually played uh, one of those tour kickoffs. Oh, yeah, because he was filling in, right? Yeah. yeah. That was good times. He's our permanent fill-in. Did I uh, tell you that Legion, I wrote Legion when I was in high school? You did not tell me that. Yeah, it was like a song I just did, like just super shitty in my room, and decided to like, well, like, it was, and then... Like I the to, lead line, or...? Just like, no, like the whole like up to the ending because it was unfinished yeah because we were um how we started off with that first ep mm-hmm. we was like well does anybody have any material that we can just like bring in you know yeah so colin you know had reality as a new nightmare and then i brought in legion and then andy <clears throat> did the others and then uh um 
Yeah, but Legion was an unfinished st- song that I just had since high school. And then we just kind of just built it, you know, yeah. and finished it. So what did it. you have beforehand? Did you have the, like, dun, 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 Yeah, exactly. Dun, 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 dun. So, yeah, like the beginning. Uh, I didn't have the solo wasn't in there yet. Yeah. It was just all. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I remember writing that, that yeah. solo in my, in my room. Did um, you always play that solo with your tongue sticking out? Dude. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I do that. That's so weird. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to know the faces that I make when I play. I know that when I'm focusing super hard and I'm doing like, especially when I used to palm mute for some reason, my mouth would open and I'd just be like, <laughs> I couldn't fucking. There's do like it. I have like a really stern face. Like a lot of like photos that I like live photos that are taken by photographers. Yeah, there's a lot. Just I have the same like disgruntled face and like Which all is of funny because that just doesn't like so it doesn't exactly look like i'm enjoying like myself you, yeah you know well and I mean? it doesn't look like your face like when you're playing live but um so the writing process of that was mostly like people just bringing ideas and then yeah, you guys different. finished it yeah. together yeah pretty much and then how did you get hooked up with taylor Hahn? um that was all colin or oh, no that was at patrick Oh yeah, because yeah, they right, were in they un- to... Unroyal Blood together. That's right. And, and they then went to high school together. as soon as we like uh, got the word out that we're doing the uh, If I Fail project, uh, uh, Taylor Hall was the first guy Patrick went to and yeah. recorded our single. So, damn, how'd you come up with the name? If I Fail, yeah, um, we were to spit on band names in the in the, the in our practice space. Is it named after the cartel song? Yeah. Yes, okay. but it's. The meaning of that song doesn't really relate to yeah. what we call why cars. It was just like we like like we liked that, you know. Yeah. We were not saying like ooh because if I fail related to this cartel song, yeah. you know. It was just like we like that. We're gonna make it our own, you know. Yeah, you almost related more to just the uh, the words themselves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what was that first recording process like? It was. Was that your first time down, like yeah. recording? Yep. And I honestly didn't know what to expect, you know. Yeah. I just kind of was uh watch studio vlogs on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of waiting, <laughs> a lot yeah. of sitting, a lot of patience. But that's probably like ninety percent of recording is you <laughs> yeah. like hurry up, hurry up, and then you just like wait, 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 do your part, wait, 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 and that's yeah. it. Like I definitely I, I definitely grew throughout the different like studio sessions for sure. Like I got oh, yeah. more vocal with like my ideas and mm-hmm. You know, and I got more confident on my ideas and how I think, how I wanted things to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so the first, the first EP, I was very like, kind of reserved, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, I'm like, yeah, if everyone likes it, you know? Yeah. And like, I'm cool with it, you know? Yeah. And this was very passive. Yeah. But um, we did have a, like a couple hiccups in there, but it was like, that's what happens, you know? Like, you're in there with, you know, five to six people and you're all trying to agree on one thing. Like, it's not going to happen all the time. You have to give, you have to like be willing to submit yeah. some of your, what you want, you know? I mean, you let's can't. be honest. There was one member that was the problem. <laughs> I mean, but it's, you don't have to say it. I'll say it. <laughs> I, it was just, you know, and it's okay to have differences like on things, you know, but I mean, you know, that's, you grow after that, you know? Oh, yeah. You learn to communicate better after that in a band, you know, and that's like 
the number one thing in a band you have to learn how to do is communicate because as soon as you don't like it's a relationship it is and if you you're that's how bands a lot of bands fail because they can't agree on stuff and they're too stubborn to compromise or be willing to be look at the bigger picture you know yeah well that was the biggest thing that i had to uh i had to learn when david started playing in the band because like the original version of the backseaters it was like these are my songs this is how they go this is how we're gonna play them and then like when david started playing because he was like more of an unconventional drummer and like did things his own way and like understood them like you got to admit everybody hears a song differently like mm-hmm. especially if it's a new song like you hear a certain direction and somebody else hears a certain direction and uh, that was the hardest thing for me is just not sticking to you know exactly what i wanted mm-hmm. so and i think that was that's probably what was better about if i fail is you all wrote them together as opposed to you know, someone coming and being like, these are the songs, this is how you play them. Yeah. And so when the second EP came out, how the right, I wrote like a lot of that Mm -hmm. and then just took it to the guys and be like, okay, do you guys like this? Do you like this? No. Yes. It's kind of like, you know, trying new things until, you know, everybody liked it, you know? So that's how I kind of, um, did, I honestly want to say that that second EP might be our weakest. Don't say that. <laughs> but uh, I was my mind was blown when you told me, and other people might not know, but uh, you guys had actually started writing Johnny Cut uh-huh. Corners like way before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like we were playing Johnny when we still only had the first EP out. Like, that was one of our extra songs. Were you guys that, playing it live? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. So that was, like, a song long time, long time coming, for sure. Yeah. Because we, like, before we, like, you know, switched up our lineup, um, that song was already kind of in place mm-hmm. when uh, we switched we switched band members. That's when we brought in Toby and Ian. Yeah. But, um... Well, it's really cool <clears throat> watching that, um, you know, the video that you guys posted... Uh, playing Ohio is for lovers at that same show mm-hmm. you have a video where you guys play hey, Johnny mm-hmm. yeah which it's you know it's always cool to hear a song like the initial idea and then how it and translated up. to yeah. the studio yeah mm-hmm. that was always one of my favorite songs to play live for sure yeah that one was fast and a lot of energy oh yeah well it uh so you you had the member lineup change or whatever, and then uh, what was your first tour like? That's I'm a, assuming that was your first time going on oh, tour yeah. as well, right? Mm-hmm. That was a, that was a really exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, like first tours are rough, you know, because no one out of state really knows you. Yeah. And you're kind of hoping, you know, the bands that are playing locally in those cities are, you know. Let's um, see what people are saying. All right. Um. You're relying on locals in those cities to, you know, bring people to come see the band coming through, you know? And uh, so it was, you know, we had some really awesome, good shows where, like, this is fucking awesome, you know? And then we'd have really terrible shows, and that's just natural to have that, you know? Especially when you get sick. Right. (laughs) And then uh, even uh, shows would get canceled, the promoter would cancel them, you know? And so we'd have like a lot of, we had like one time on that first tour, we had like 
four days off, I believe, in California because two shows dropped on us. Yeah. And we're looking for other shows, but nothing came through. So we were just doing nothing. And that's when, like, tensions rose, like, in the band with everybody, you know. Well, that was when you were in, like, San Francisco or whatever when your van broke down. uh, When you were in that parking lot or whatever. and The parking lot, that tour was... um, Oh, that was the next tour? No, 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 no. That was the same tour. That was in Portland, Oregon, when we oh, broke down. Oh, okay. Yeah. When Ian had the slingshot? Uh, Yes. <laughs> yeah, I have all those videos too, man. I have yeah. like a bunch of videos and there's just a lot of it's like nothing, but <laughs> but there's like really funny like bits, you know? Yeah. I mean? So I'm trying to like, I eventually want to like make clip. Yeah, compilation. Make, yeah, just, yeah. You definitely should because you've showed me quite a few of those videos from that first tour and they're just they're hilarious yeah (laughs) and like it was a side of you know like ian and toby that i never saw before Mm -hmm. just because you know when you're on tour you're free to do basically whatever you want yeah and like Mm -hmm. when i went on tour with you guys like i was the baby on tour so you know ian was more like yeah i'm gonna be on my phone and sleep in the back of the van (laughs) But then, like, watching the videos, it's like, oh, he was acting like how I was acting when I went with you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah, something tour- about that. Yeah. Touring is also tough, man. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's, like, the best time. Like, I don't think I've laughed harder in my life than on tour with yeah. everyone, you know? And But it's also, like, you get this sense of, like, I'm ready to go home, you know? Yeah. But then when you get home, like, the next day, like, I don't want to be home. <laughs> I want to be yeah. on tour, you know? So it's like this, like, back and forth, like, like feeling, which yeah. is, like, awesome. But it's also, like, it's hard to come back to reality, you know? It feels like time is moves differently when you're touring like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Because it doesn't matter, like, what day of the week it is, like, what time it is. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, you know you have to be at the venue at this time. time but yeah. anything other than that is fucking yeah. fair game. Yeah. And it's, like, weird because it's, there isn't, you don't really like keep track of time. You just like know yeah. you have to be somewhere, play it, play your show, you know? Yeah. But then after that, it's just like, well, we don't want to be anywhere until tomorrow at four, yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's just like, what do we do until then, guys? Driving through the night? We sleeping in a parking lot? Well, and sometimes not even that. Like if you have a day off the next day, you, you know, can drive to that place and yeah. hang out in that place or hang out yep. in the mm-hmm. place you already are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was the, one of the hardest things for me when I got back from that tour with you guys is like you're sleeping in the van with these people and then like in a hotel room and then you get back and you're like sleeping in your bed by yourself and it's like just super quiet mm-hmm. like before you could like hear everybody sleeping and talking and you yeah, know someone's awake yeah that, around you know? yeah constant and especially like in the van you know the person who's driving is listening to music or uh, the scary stories used to freak me out when I'd wake up and be, you know, <laughs> 90% still asleep and just like hear the fucking creepy shit in the background. I remember one but, time on tour, we were driving through the night and we were listening to this like spooky podcast or something. Mm-hmm. It was just like a story, a guy telling a scary story. And <laughs> I think it was, I think Colin was driving. I think Ian was sitting passenger and uh, the rest of us were like laying in the benches and we're all 
Like I was laying there awake, just listening to this fucking story, and I was like, "Fuck! Like this is fucking scary, dude." And then like towards the end of the podcast, like everyone else in the van was like awake, <laughs> like we were, we were all listening to it, not saying shit, but we were all just like all scared in our bunks, like, and we all laughed because we were all still awake. That's hilarious. So uh, by the time you did your second tour, were you a little more like you knew what to expect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that it was, went a I, little more smoothly or? I have a terrible memory, dude. I, all my, everything just kind of. I know you do. Just, <laughs> <laughs> everything just kind of runs in together. I get some events mixed with other events or like on the same event, you know. Um, I don't even know what the second tour was. Was that, that wasn't Sorry No Sympathy, was it? No, that was like the, the last tour before I started playing with you guys. Okay. So I think it was like Zero Stars and then that van one? Yeah. The I van t- was... I'm talking about the flyer for the marquee. I don't know why I keep going back to that flyer. Yeah, it had like a it looked like a VW bus. Yes, on exactly. Because yep. that was the one where Griffith filled in okay. on drums. Yeah, so I don't know. I get all I get them all mixed up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Just like days of being on tour. What uh what would be your biggest piece of advice like if a band is going out on their first tour? Uh, that's a tough one. Or maybe top 3 biggest pieces of advice. Uh bring a pillow and a blanket <laughs> or a sleeping bag. Or a sleeping bag, yeah. <laughs> if you don't do that then you're insane cuz I think somebody one of one of somebody did on one of our tours didn't bring a blanket. And no, it was me. I didn't bring a blanket on the tour, and all I had in my pillow, and I like froze a lot because we just blast the air conditioner. Oof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, advice, I mean, I mean, don't let. I would say don't let. If something happens, as like your van breaks down or a show is canceled, like just don't let that get you down because that that can drain like a band. You know, that can get you, your band in a very low place where if that, like, shit keeps happening, you're going to be like, oh, like, is this, like, we're doing all this and nothing good is happening. Yeah. And you get inside your head and and it's just like, is it even worth it, you know, to even tour because no one's coming to our shows, you know? Or yeah. you're just have, like, a handful of people show up, like, consistently multiple nights, you know? Yeah. So, like, that is rough. So, my like, my advice would be just don't, don't let that get you down because there will be a good show coming. And once you get that one good show, then you, if you're back on it, you're like, this shit is fucking awesome. Like, yeah. you know, just that one good night, you know, even if you like have a, even if you have like a bad night where you're playing bad, you know, yeah. and like, I remember we were, I don't remember what city, but I had a terrible night. Like my cab wasn't working. I played shitty. I was all flustered before our set. And I literally w- like was so frustrated that after we played our set, I just went in the van and I just fucking just done for the night. I was like, yeah. I'm, I was like being myself up hard about it. I think that was with Taylor and Taylor on that tour. It was like oh, a okay. house. It was like a house venue. Yeah. And we were next, and everything just went wrong. And then I played terribly, and I was like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> and then went <laughs> in the van, and I was like, "I'm fucking done. I'm fucking this." Plays out. I was like, oh, dude, but that's yeah. just me. I'm so self-critical of like myself, you know. Yeah. And you know that because I'm, I'll play like you know people coming up to me at the show, after the show, and be like, yo, man, you played great, you know, awesome set. And I'm like, <laughs> I messed up 
a bunch, you know, well, but like, no one knows because I'm the only one that knows. But the still. way I know how like self-critical you are and how hard you are, like focused on what you're doing is I remember after like almost every single show, I'd be like, so how did I do? And you'd be like, honestly, I wasn't even listening. To you. <laughs> yeah. Like I could have been playing all the wrong <laughs> chords and you're just like, yeah, I didn't even. I think you would have caught on if I was playing all the wrong chords, but uh, yeah, you'll get a stare from across the across the area. Just me looking back over there. Just like, okay, Gee. yeah, but how many times was I standing still enough to like look? Uh, yeah, exactly. Ears? You would never look over. There. Yeah. No, if I mean if any time I've ever been like unsure about what I was playing, like you can tell I'm unsure because I stand still. Mm-hmm. But uh. Yeah, the only the only time I was really like super unsure was when we hadn't played Frozen for like a million years, and then uh, people wanted to hear it at Thirty Eight State when we mm-hmm. played at that brewery. Yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, I just I remembered parts of it. Like I remembered how the song went, but as far as like guitar chords, pff, fucking forget yeah. it. I know. I think we did. What song was that? I think it was Frozen. Yeah, and everyone wanted to hear, but we haven't practiced it, yeah. right? Yeah, I didn't even know the lead parts on that because we didn't play it for so long. Yeah, but yeah, what's crazy is like, yeah, <laughs> it we played terrible? it for that whole pull the trigger tour, and mm-hmm. then it's just funny how like when you decide like, all right, we're you know putting that song to rest, we're playing new songs. You just mm-hmm. it's like that episode of SpongeBob where he's like, forget everything you know about fine dining or something oh, like that yeah, and he yeah. just like sets fire to everything <laughs> yeah. in his brain uh yeah that's basically what playing in a band and we stopped playing frozen because we felt it was too because we're only getting you know 25 half hour sets yeah so it was like we wanted our set to be like high energy yeah and we just definitely felt like that frozen was just like a song you would just stand there mm-hmm. to you know so that's why we kind of scrapped it after that tour well, and especially because before uh, before going on the Pull the Trigger tour, you guys had recorded the Undesirable EP. So, like, you played these parts, and, like, when you record, you play them so many times that you know them 100%, and, like, you just want to start playing those songs. Mm-hmm. So it kind of yeah. makes the old songs, like, not as appealing. Yeah. But that was always the thing, like, the songs that I loved playing, Colin would always say, it's too slow. We're not playing that one anymore. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, Mother even fucker. Even like Out of Options felt slow to me. Yeah. It was just like, it was a good song, but it was, it felt slow. Yeah. Do you I ever like feel it. like though it's like a muscle memory? Like once the muscle memory kicks in, then it's like not as exciting because you're yeah. just like going through the motions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably a little, little part of it. So, uh when you got done touring the the first ep what was the writing like when uh you started working on undesirable because toby lived in grand junction yeah was Mm -hmm. ian living up here at the time i think he yeah he was he just moved okay but um i said it earlier i just brought idea or i just wrote what i liked kind of yeah on my computer just with midi drums and guitar you know tracks and whatnot mm-hmm. just get like the bass like structure of the song down and then i'll just go to the guys and be like you guys like this you know i'll just drop it drop box it to them yeah and then um you know get their input and, and change stuff or hey we should do this on this part and then i'll try to do something different you know so it was like i really liked writing like that i thought that was like 
and everyone was working too you know i had a pretty yeah. flexible job at that time so writing sitting down and writing was not a, like i didn't have to like leave a nine to five job to go yeah you didn't have work to really on delegate. yeah so everyone else had to so yeah. i kind of you know that just kind of naturally fell into me but i was okay with that because yeah like you know i just writing music is fun yeah was it uh so when you did that did uh did Toby like come up every now and then for practices? Yeah, yeah he would come to Denver. Because for people who don't know, uh, Toby has a tattoo shop, so he's pretty cemented in Grand Junction. So yeah, so he would uh, when usually when shows would uh, come up, um, we would he would come up to Denver to practice more frequently, and then uh, as far as like writing, we just had the bass guitar follow. Mm-hmm. the guitar parts and so i just you know just tab it out for him yeah and be like yeah let's you know do this you can add your own flavor to it you know yeah. make it your own you know just well, this is where well we're at in the song guitar and bass yeah he's been in a bunch of bands so yeah uh fuck i forgot what i was gonna ask you so you put out undesirable we go on the Pulitzer tour what were some of your favorite shows that you had played on that tour <clears throat> or just yeah let's do let's do pull the trigger tour but i and, uh, all right this one's I was, it was the one with brad yeah when brad we went to visit I brad and said i have to agree <laughs> yeah brad he threw a chair yeah so the only that one was had a, that show had the coolest flyer it looked like a what's that a pizza place on toy story rocket something uh no space uh, it was the. It just had like a flyer like that. It just looked super. Well, yeah, it had like the hovering like landmass, yeah, had, like the roots hanging out, and yeah, it was like a half pizza ria slash something slash oh, empty room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, slash venue, and uh, but it was funny because you could like see all the little league like baseball <laughs> families like in the next room, like it had like a little window, and they were just kind of watching like, yeah, it was. But like, and then Brad came to our show, and he was like the only one there, and he was raging for us, I know. and it was fucking awesome. I was like, I was like, this is the best show. Yeah. <laughs> that one was fun. And then, uh, yeah, it's weird, man, because when when bands come through, you know, like Denver, like Colin was huge on this. Colin was wanting to to watch other band sets. He would yeah. stand there always, side stage, watching your set. He's like, and his, and you know, we would watch, you know, some of the band members would watch like a set too, but eventually, you know, drift off. Yeah. And, but Colin always stood there for the whole thing, and I was like, he was always says like, well, if you, you just have to support uh, the band bands if you want them to support you, you know. Yeah. That was like what he always said, and but like for example, that pizza, like the band that played before us, they just left, and yeah. it's just like confusing, like. Why, how come, you know? And they didn't, I'm pretty sure they said specifically that they didn't believe in tuning their guitars for some reason. <laughs> they were like some kind of punk band and they were dogging on tuning their guitars. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I understand if you're not going to stay or if you have to be somewhere, but. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he definitely influenced me because I, you know. I have a short attention span, mm-hmm. so I'd you know walk from here to there, here to there, 
and I like usually try and watch a couple songs, but like he would fucking stand. The only thing it was hard to stand next to him because he'd stand right next to the speaker, and I just <laughs> yeah hurt my brain too much, mm-hmm. especially like right after playing. But that was always like one of the best things when you guys are like he would come see the backseaters or whatever he'd just be like standing right there and it like almost made me feel like more comfortable because mm-hmm. he's like dad standing there you know watching <laughs> yeah. side stage yeah the only thing is like i always uh felt compelled because there was this like one stage move i did that was like a a kick thing where oh, yeah, I like yeah. moved backwards and kicked yep. my feet out mm-hmm. and he would always tell me if i didn't do it he would just like be pissed off that I didn't do that move so I'd like have to remember that in the middle of playing and like try and do it on stage and uh, I have a video from the first time I played with you guys at the Black Sheep and you can't see me I think Lisette like took a snapchat of it or whatever Mm -hmm. but like out of the corner of the video you can see my legs (laughs) but uh yeah those were I don't think I've ever went harder than when i played if i fail shows shows are fun man like i watch the videos and i'm like i don't know how how <laughs> i used to do that thing and undesirable where i pulled my guitar yeah. all the way back and fucking blows my mind yeah but yeah playing shows were definitely uh you know one of my favorite parts of playing with if i fail but also one thing that was uh also amazing about if i fail was just the friends and family aspect to it like you guys i felt like were really good friends Mm -hmm. first and then in a band as opposed to like you know being in a band and having like the professional aspect and then like trying to be friends like around that Mm -hmm. like you guys were, I mean, you and Colin were pretty inseparable. Ever yeah, since ever you started, started. If I fail, yeah, um, yeah. So just kind of going back to how that started was, Colin was on tour with the Burial Plot doing merch for him, and uh, he showed you know Burial Plot those acoustic songs that he recorded like way back, and mm-hmm. you know they told him you're like, yo man, you should be in a pop punk band. And he's like, nah, I'm like nah, I can never do that, you know. Yeah. And uh, he would, um, and then like two days later, I hit him up. And I was like, I was like, hey, man, do you want to start a pop punk band with me? <laughs> he's like, oh, my God, it's a fucking sign. We, we have to, yeah, he's like, I have to do it. Like, we have to do this. Yeah. And I told him, like, I was still new. And I was mm-hmm. like, he's like, I was like, I don't really know anybody. Like, do we get on Craigslist? Like, how do we find other people to play with? He's like, don't worry about it. I'll handle it. So he instantly goes to Patrick and Greg, yeah. you know, and then really got, he just like took care of everything. Cause he knew everybody, you know? Yeah. And Literally uh, everybody. Yeah. And every like corner of the music scene. Right. It's, it's wild. How many, how many people knew him is absolutely insane. Yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, you, uh, you guys always hung out and that's one of my favorite stories of yours is how, you know, you kind of were more, uh, in your shell or whatever. And he'd make you walk up and yeah. talk to people. Yeah. And... <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like even if, it, yeah, it was just like at parties, like, you know, I think it was like, uh, Rob Denver's like had a Halloween party one year. 
Yeah. And I didn't know, like, I knew Rob and Colin and then, you know, some people, like, recognize faces, you know. Yeah. But, like, uh, just like, uh, and he went around and said bye to everyone, every single person, dude. And I was like, oh, this is giving me fucking anxiety, dude. Like, because I'm standing right by them, like, not doing anything. Like, I'm yeah. just waiting for him to be done, you know, like a, like a child. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite stories you tell. But going back to the live aspect, it's cool because you can go on YouTube and you can find the video from that first show um, when you guys played at the Summit. And, like, watching the progression from, like, that up until, you know, Undesirable and even, you know, right before his passing, you can watch his progression of, like, moving on stage. Yeah, we got on him about that. And it was, I mean, it's cool to see because I remember, like, halfway through our tour, he was, like, fucking throwing fists and, like, going back and forth across the stage. And, like, I think... Had he started doing that thing where he wasn't on the stage before that? No, like uh, he started doing that because he saw other bands do it. Yeah, and it, it was like, well, it made sense, you know. Like, yeah, it gives us a, like a lot more room to move, mm-hmm. yeah, especially if, like the stage is small and yeah. you're not like just like up against your amp, you know. But um, I mean, a thirty-eight state where you're in a cubby. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, man, I love those thirty-eight state shows though. Those were wild. They were wild. And it, what's funny is like there really didn't have to be that many people there. Yeah, because but it, it was so yeah, small. Don't, don't tell anybody, dude. <laughs> there <laughs> were tons of people, people there. Yeah, in that, that was the space. only time Taylor ever hit me with his bass. <laughs> oh was yeah, when we were playing there, yeah. and I was shocked because I thought for sure I was gonna hit him. Yeah, <laughs> but. Anyway. Yeah, but he started, uh, yeah, so if the like stage was like uh, pretty low to the ground, he would just you know stand up in front, yeah. and then that helped because usually the like usually they didn't have monitors that like bars and stuff that pointed back at you, so you couldn't. Colin was like big on hearing himself sing, yeah. or he would just always have to like turn up the monitors, mm-hmm. and so him having like standing in front where the front monitors are like allowed him to hear himself. So that was like another reason why he did that, but um. Yeah, no, we got on him, and then he's he now like you look back at you know even that Hawthorne Heights, uh, video I posted on the If I Fail page, like he's up in the crowd, you know, just yeah, yeah, man, it's he's awesome, and it's funny because I kind of like how me and you were talking about how you would you ask me how you played, yeah, and Colin would do the same thing, like yo, you see, like see me moving, and I'm like no, dude, like I was, just, <laughs> I'm still standing there, I'm like worrying about me, yeah. <laughs> I'm not paying attention to anyone else. The only one I can really like pay attention to is the drummer because I can notice when the drummer messes up, you know. Yeah, and that's when I'm like, <laughs> you know, like playing. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, the, and I mean the main reason I noticed is because I set up my phone and like filmed every single show on that tour, mm. and like just watching it, you can see like how it built up. Mm. But uh, no, you definitely get more comfortable. You just have to. Cause I've like even I was always very still at the beginning. Like yeah, I felt like I was moving a lot, but I wasn't moving a lot. So that was like frustrating to me because I'd feel like oh yeah, like I my movement was a lot better on that show, you know, and then like like and then I'd uh, like Colin would complain that I wasn't moving enough, yeah. and I'm like dang, and like Greg, you know, always played without an option, so he's like used to like just you know going crazy, so he was like natural at it. For me, I was like I'd feel uh, like out of place with it I'd be like, like forced like, yeah or like i'm like i would mess up a lot more on guitar yeah you know and it's just like i had to like you that's something you have to practice it's kind of 
It's kind of weird that it's just not natural. Like you have to practice moving with your guitar. For sure. Yeah, I had to uh, tell myself to calm down so that I would play better. Because like <laughs> that music and like I was going to say the music definitely fit for him being like in everybody's face, like in the crowd, because like, I mean, especially in Denver, so many people knew the words. So that was like made it 10 times better. But yeah, playing those songs just brought out a crazy side of me. And I had to like uh, reverse pep talk myself before the shows and just be like, all right, calm the fuck down so you can play the songs right. Mm -hmm. But um, so getting up to the last EP, was that mostly you and Colin that wrote it? Yeah, so I did wrote all the music. So I just wrote um, rhythm guitar, lead guitar, and MIDI drums, and then said, here, Ian, like, just fancy these up, like make them actual, actually playable. But here's like the base, yeah, like structure or like the patterns, you know, that need to be in certain parts and whatnot. And then Colin wrote all the lyrics and melodies, and that dude is an amazing lyricist. Like, yeah, like just some of this, like ugh, the most underrated song I think that's on that EP is "One Last Favor." Was it the acoustic track? Yeah, like that. And you you helped write some of the lyrics on that one, didn't you? Yeah, well, <clears throat> or some of the ideas behind it. Yeah, maybe not the actual lyrics. Yeah, so but. when he would, you know, is he was funny because he'd be like, "I need to like before we even we we're about to go into the studio, but he didn't have, you know, some he was struggling with maladies, mm-hmm. and so you know, I'd go over, I'd go over, and he's like, "All right, I'm going to show you this." like melody and he would sing it like he wouldn't actually like sing it sing it he would just kind of like uh, but i know he means to like you know kick up kick it up here Mm -hmm. so i can hear the melody but it was it was funny because y'all like you might know i was like dude just sing it like sing it how you would sing it like in the studio yeah and then he he wouldn't do it he was he's like no dude i can't right now like (laughs) like, how am i supposed to like really know if you don't if you don't like know you know yeah like we're gonna go to the studio you're not gonna have like you're just going to hope you're going to do it like that. Like you're like, you need to have some kind of like, I don't know for sure. Like, you know, yeah. he was saying it kind of hummed it under his, under his breath when he wrote his melodies. Yeah. It's funny. Did he, uh, did he write lyrics beforehand? Like just whenever or was that more, mostly like an in studio thing? Oh no. He, he has a, a crazy amount of lyrics. Yeah. That it was just like in a, uh, in his notepad on a, his computer, and literally just like you know he'd, he'd be like, "What do you want this song to be about?" You know, and, and he'd just scroll and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You pick out different things, you know, reword things, and you just kind of build, you know. And <laughs> when I like, I was in his basement at his parents' house, and where he was doing lyrics. <clears throat> And he's yeah, that dude could write like he just typed, you know, it was, it was unbelievable. That's how he wrote. I'm like, I, I can't do that. I, that's why like, I can't do that. That's how I know like what he like did was like just raw talent, yeah. you know, because I can't do that. I can't sit there with, because I hate everything I I write on paper as far as lyrics. Yeah. It seems so cheesy and cliche, you know, and I, when I try to, to like, like make physically it, write it or just like writing either period, period oh. where it's just. It comes off like, and I'm like, fuck that, you know, and I just don't, yeah. it's not good enough. 
and maybe I shouldn't do that, but I'm just so like critical of what like what I'm writing is just like not good. <laughs> so I'm like, that's why I'm glad I didn't write yeah. lyrics or melodies in the band because that's something like I really struggled with. But Colin had such a natural talent, so like it really worked out for us on the latest EP because I just like I'll handle the music, dude. You handle lyrics and melodies, and we'll just figure it out, you know, together. You know, that's and, so crazy. Yeah. So it was I. And I was going through, like, when we were writing that EP, like, I was going through a breakup at the time, too. Mm -hmm. So there were, like, I felt like a lot of those songs, like, I had a lot of emotion tied to them, especially yeah. One Last Favor. And I even told Colin, I was like, um, I was like, I, he wrote that song in a way that could relate from my perspective at the time, but also kept it in his perspective. Yeah. So that's how he worded it. So, you know, it was like, he was going through a similar uh situation i was going through mm -hmm. but like he still like did it in a way where it felt like he was saying what i want to say yeah you know so that's like I, I think i just have an emotional connection to that song because yeah it, it was, was like angry it was empathetic but also angry you know yeah. and hurt you know and uh i still listen to that song and i love that i love that song it's an awesome song and the my favorite part in it that um i mean it might not be the most like lyrically intricate part but like right after the end like build up or whatever when it like goes back down and um it says the i think it's i'm pretty sure it's at the end now i'm second guessing myself but when it says uh now here's a hate song for doing me so wrong just yeah. like the way he says yeah. it is just like it just like hits you in a way that uh yeah dude that's why I think, well, yeah and that's why like the, like just how he portrayed stuff in the songs yeah. i was like i like the, these songs are written for me like he's writing these songs for me that's how it felt yeah. like it's like he's writing from my perspective even though he like he was writing it from his own perspective and that's why we were probably we were, we were so close is because we were such on a similar wavelength on mm -hmm. how we dealt with things and how we handled things. You know, like if I was ever like upset, Colin was always the first, first one to be like wanting to hang out with me yeah. or not get my mind off things. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I have a, this story. <laughs> so I was going through a breakup, um, sheesh, early twenties. And I was just like, uh, you know, I was all upset, you know, and he's like, well, let's hang out. Like, I'll go pick you up. We'll, just, you know, drive around. We could talk. <clears throat> and I was like, all right, uh, I need to get out of my house, you know. So um, he picks me up. We're talking, you know, and he's he's doing his best to cheer me up. Right. He's trying to make me laugh. Yeah. And stuff. And <laughs> he's just trying to he's getting like to a point where he's kind of frustrated. And uh, we're driving. I think it was on Colorado. And he goes, look, look over there. It's a zoo. A zoo's happy. And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, caged animals. <laughs> and then he was just like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> but there's like little stuff like that. Like he wanted to be with me when I was upset, yeah. you know, we could talk about like deep things because we felt the same way, you know? Yeah. It was, a, it, he was something I like, shared with somebody that I really didn't have anyone else to share with. Like I haven't, I haven't never met someone like Colin. 
Yeah. You know, and <clears throat> after losing him, man, like it is, it's been tough. It's been really hard because yeah. it feels like I lost that friend that I confided in emotionally with everything, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and that goes for same for like with everyone that he was around, you know, like yeah. he was there for so many people, you know, and I have now, you know, grown a lot closer to those people because of the, like losing him, which is, yeah. you know, amazing, you know, like Griffith and Lissette, you know, yeah. Danny and all them. And it's just, it's, we all need each other, you know, and yeah. be there for each other. And we are, we are there for everyone, you know? So it's been, it's been awesome. Um, as far as just being with the people who you need to be with at the right time, you know, cause yeah. I've had a hell of a time dealing with this, you know, it's been Tuesday will be of the year, you yeah. know, anniversary. And that's why we're sitting here because I haven't talked to, I've tried to talk to people, you know, about this and I wanted to share stories, you know, and just kind of get everything out in the open. Um, but I just, I felt like it was, a, it was the right time, you know, cause I, I've thought about him every day, yeah. you know, he's always like just, just crossing my mind somehow, even if it's just like a picture, you know, I have mm -hmm. pictures of uh, two or photos of all of us at my job. Yeah. And it was like, like, cause you're like, I don't know. I, it's, 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 it's like weird. It's like missing him, it, but, and like feeling sad, like I'm doing that to myself, you know, but I also don't want to forget any of that you know yeah nor should you exactly like, like i don't no one's asking you and to. we come we keep going back to like my terrible memory you know yeah and you know i wish i remembered a lot of like more stories mm -hmm. that we like had on tour but then like it's just one of those things where things would come up and it just triggers you know yeah. a, a memory you know i'm just afraid of those memories like fizzling out you know what i mean i don't think that's that's going to be possible for you because it played such a significant part in your life. And I think everybody uh, has, you know, not everybody can remember every single memory all the time, you know what I mean? But it's like, it's kind of cool to have those little surprises, you know, that hit you at random times yeah. where like one little thing will remind you of this whole like big story. And the problem I have is I always end up fucking telling somebody the story who doesn't give a shit and then i'm like all right, all right, well <laughs> fuck you then but uh it's a little it's the little stories for sure like this story came up yesterday uh so i was i was at brutal poodle and i was with taylor jordan and oh you know how they write my signature all fancy like on receipts at restaurants and whatever yes. <laughs> <laughs> so i so i did that and we were talking about colin and i was like uh, we're just, uh, I was like, you should have seen Colin's signature, man. Have you seen like a, 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 a child like scribble on a piece of paper? That's what <laughs> Colin's like yeah. signature looked like. And C I would always, and then scribble. you know, it was even like a C. It was like a, I don't even, it, it looks like, like someone like did yeah. this, right? <laughs> and uh, it was funny because like that triggered a memory when we were on, on tour. And I told him because you were signing autographs like on our tour posters that we had, uh -huh. and he'd always sign his like scribble in this in our gold marker, right? And I was just like, "Why do you write like you were abused?" 
So I thought I thought of that yesterday. It's like little little stuff like that that just yeah. triggers like just like triggers like awesome things like that, you know? Yeah, which is I think uh, a common misconception is like people and we've even talked about it like especially with you nobody wants to see you upset or sad and so like they want you to be happy and they want to make you happy but i think sometimes when you're sad and people are trying to make you happy you can sometimes like uh you know misconstrue that for people telling you to not think about those things or forget it or you know things like that but uh it just comes from like a removed place where like one day you'll be doing better and somebody else won't. And then it just kind of goes back and forth like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, those memories, I think I fucking talk about them all the time mm -hmm. just cause they were so significant. And, um, I kept meaning to ask you, but I, I kept forgetting, um, but I was talking about it the other day because it came up that like a year ago we played those couple songs at Herman's Hideaway mm -hmm. um, in the middle of that short fuse tour and I was thinking about it and like that like it's about to be a year since the accident and that almost like felt like more of an emotional kick in the stomach because mm -hmm. it was like the last time, time we, we played. saw him. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like, I mean, it was a very devastating day and it was very, you know, it, it sucked when it happened to say the least, but definitely just thinking about like the last time we saw him was. And it's kind of funny you bring that up because like my more significant memory of like my last time uh, seeing him that I relate to is when because short fuse's van broke down um in like milwaukee or somewhere out there and i was an uber driver at the time and colin i was like sleeping at 4 p.m yeah <laughs> colin is blowing up my phone and i finally like look at my phone i'm like oh shit so what's going on you know and uh he calls me he's like i need you in summary i need you to drive a van out to chicago <laughs> and i was like Oh shit! All right, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I could do it. You know, I had yeah. like I could do it. I had, I didn't could just not work for a few days or a couple of days, you know, and it wouldn't affect me, you know. Yeah. So, and you know, I, so I took them to me and Josh Miller uh, drove out to uh, to Chicago. I think it was like a 12, 13 hour drive. We just did it straight, man. It was it was well, yeah, it was rough. And uh, you know, gave him the van. We got to see Colin and everyone and go into the uh shameless house yeah. I, I also my second time being there yeah yeah and then but it was cool like just seeing it again you know seeing everyone else like uh short fuse and um chamber of malice yeah uh, and just uh see them like enjoying it you know Cause, yeah but yeah that was like just me hanging out with colin like that in chicago kind of like it felt it felt right just because it wasn't at home yeah. Like, it was, like, on tour, you know? It was, like, a tour taste. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, and then, obviously, you know, the show the show we played, like, last minute with Short Fuse. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, like, just those. But, like, just being with him in Chicago, really. Yeah. That's, like, what I, 
I'm more that memory was just yeah. seeing him. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it it was it still kind of like gives me goosebumps or whatever. I was talking to somebody about it, and I remember when I was leaving from Herman's Hideaway, and he just like he looked so happy. I think because like you know he was on tour, who wasn't worried about having a job or getting a job like he was on tour selling merch like doing his thing you know what I mean like he looked super content and I was just you know I had to go to stupid fucking work the next day mm-hmm. and uh so I said you know I love you I'll see you when you get back and he just like had the smile on his face and said bye and but I was thinking about it and like that was more of uh, you know, kicking the stomach the other day than, and I mean, I can't speak for Tuesday, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's crazy to think that it's, it's been a year. Yeah. It does not feel like a year at all. No. It, it's still very fresh. Yeah. And to everyone, <laughs> I think that was close to him, you know? Yeah. Well, and like you said before, like everybody being so close and connected to him because like, you have those feelings of being so connected to him, but there's so many people who have like those moments of like, you know, getting food with him, driving around with mm-hmm. him, uh, you know, being a sidekick somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody has those like little memories and, you know, pictures or lack thereof if he made you delete them. Um, but everybody has those, those memories that pop up all the time and um it's kind of like the blessing and the curse about social media is people are always sharing those memories which is awesome and it's a beautiful thing that everybody got to share that but then like it just like constantly like hits you with it not that that's like i'm not trying to say that that's like a bad terrible thing no i totally get what you're saying though but that's why it still feels like fresh you know what i mean I mean, that dude probably comes up on someone's, like, time hop or Facebook memories every other day. Yeah. (laughs) So, but it, uh, I know what you meant about, or what you mean about, you know, bringing people closer together because we all have that similar feeling and we all have that experience of, you know, losing him. Mm -hmm. So it, it wasn't wasn't fair and uh i think sometimes like i don't know about you but like i get more mad than anything sometimes like yeah obviously i get sad and stuff but sometimes i'll just be like fucking pissed because it's just it's not you know a fair thing but uh i was you know i was gonna ask you like what now that it's been a year, like, what are your, um, your kind of thoughts on everything, like your direction? And I know, I know that we've like talked about everything musically and I, I don't think anybody expects like a hundred percent answer, but like, have you thought, been thinking about music or? Yeah. um, I mean, we, we have talked about this like a little bit Yeah, and up until and this just to point. repeat myself, 
he doesn't know anybody in answer. So if you <laughs> feel like he owes you something. Well, it just like kind of like up to this point, like more before this point, I guess, like no, there's no way in hell, like I, I'm ready to, yeah. to take that musical step. But more, more recently, it's been like, like a 50, 50 where like, I think it would be good for me. Mm-hmm. in a you know mental health state you know just to play music and i know we've talked about me just playing leads for backseaters yeah and um but like with no pressure yeah involved in not it. as like yeah. a permanent thing just like just to honestly just to help me out like yeah. or you know make me just help me like nudge along because I mean, even if you played, like, one show and got on stage and that, like, sparked something or whatever, like, and you were like, okay, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to go do my own thing, I'd be like, mm-hmm. all right, and I'd be happy. So now, so, like, right now I'm, like, you know, teeter-tottering back and forth. Some days yeah. I'm, like, I'm not ready to to just, you know. Other days I'm, like, i convincing myself this is something I need just to – because like my whole like my whole life like changed yeah right like and i've made i've tried to make adjustments um to like help me yeah but it's not not necessarily like has it helped but it's not enough at the same time yeah like it's just something i like you know have to figure out you know and it's been it's been like a roller coaster as far as when it comes to music because I have thought about music for like a long time. Um, it's just like another everyday thought. Like, should I go home and try to write something, not yeah. knowing what to write, no, no, with no genre intended, mm-hmm. just you know, play my guitar. You know, yeah. just you know, that's been weirdly, I've been weirdly unmotivated to play my guitar, and that that's yeah. to me is like like an eye opener that I need to force myself if we're at this point, since I'm like back and forth, if I just convince myself, you know, to play it, yeah, then, then that's like, I, I should, you know, or just pick it up, you know, and yeah. you're where I told you this the other day, how you're super, you motivate me to play when you play in the apartment. And I suck. <laughs> you, you know, you that's like, probably what motivates you is you hear me fucking just not doing well, and you're like, I need to just show them up. <laughs> I'm just gonna fucking pick it up. I'm gonna blare my amp and just. Yeah, is I don't do that, <laughs> but it's more of like, like that. Like that sounds nice. Like yeah. you playing like the acoustic in the living room. You know, I'm like oh, let's go out there. You know, well, that's one of my there. favorite things is where like I'll be playing in the living room, and then you just kind of like drift out and then <laughs> yeah. I'll be playing and then somehow it always happens and I always like forget the exact moment when it happens but then all of a sudden I'm standing playing kendama and you have the guitar <laughs> in your hand and I'm like how the fuck did this happen I'm just like waiting for you to like just kind of have that moment of just not playing it and I'm like yeah just reach out and it's like let me play it but yeah, and then you you know play something way better than what I was playing, and I was like, huh, well, he deserves it. <laughs> he should be playing it, not me. No, but, but uh, yeah, you're but you're you're in you're you being around and you know being 
like around back, the back seaters in you doing things like is it motivates me to you know do the little stuff at, yeah. right now even if it's you know as much as like when you pulled out your keyboard you mm-hmm. know like well, i want to play your keyboard it's like yeah. shit like that you know which you're always welcome to by the way <laughs> and uh i just now like you know thinking about playing leads for you know backseaters just as you know get on stage again you know yeah i that's like a huge thing that could who knows that might be a game changer for me to you know start writing music again you know yeah. but i know it's just like a, this is going to be a process for sure but um like i i i think i'm a, i'm i have my good days and my bad days yeah. i used to have all bad days so i want to say like i'm improving on that topic you know or yeah appro- like getting a better idea of the path i want to take you know because i don't know it's like being a rock you know it's just i don't have the motivation to write music but but i also feel like i'm just working and going home and then working and then going home and that thought like is kind of has driven me insane to not have that extra something going on you know so but at the same time like i'm still not feel like i like i'm not ready so it's like yeah. it's just like i'm confite like i'm trapped yeah. in my own you know but well, no. my thing is like i know like obviously you love music and like i know that passion is still in you to like play music and write music but like one thing i don't think i fully understood at the time and i don't think a lot of people understand is that um and you know maybe some people understand it on a basic level but like you didn't lose like just colin you lost your life with colin and like everything that you had you know what i mean it's not like playing in the band was just something you did every Wednesday for fun. Like it was, you went on tour and you spent ungodly amounts of money on recording and like doing all this. So like, um, you know, I know that after, after the accident, everyone was saying, well, we should play music together. We should play music. Like, and, uh, you know, anytime I've ever said anything, it was more so just like, not that like I wanted you to like join the backseaters like I wanted you to take you as more so just to like you know keep you playing and everything like that but uh I also wanted to say it just because Marcus is too nice to say it but uh don't hit him up to play music with you <laughs> after this don't message him and say that you want to jam it <laughs> that's not what this is it's not a fucking invitation so Unless you want that, but I mean, some people I'd say yes to. Yeah. Like if it, if like Griffith was like, "Hey man, if someone's to go rip rip some riffs," or you know, yeah, I'd be like, okay, I mean, those people know it, but like just the random people who you know got a Squire guitar for their birthday and learned how to play all the small things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd probably say no to this. Yeah. But. Marcus, is, he's in the big league. I don't know. Shut up, dude. No, I know. <laughs> but, uh, 
But yeah, that's that's just been my thought process. Anytime we've talked about like you playing leads, is like I know that that you know passion resides in you, and we've talked about it. And like after us living together, for those of you who don't know, Marcus and I live together. If you haven't picked up on that, he's not just hanging out at my house <laughs> listening to me play guitar from the other room. From room, yeah. But uh, just I. And I, I feel like I used to say it all the time, like, you and I are really similar. We, like, think the same. We have the same thought processes, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I just, I know it, and I think about it all the time. And, like, you can ask, you know, Annika, the people around me, like, I can put myself in your shoes in a way. And, like, I just, I know the passion you have for it. And so I know that, you know, it's going to happen, but, uh, I, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing that you've, you know, thought about it for a while. Like, you know, like we said at the beginning of the podcast, um, you know, it's, it's good that we waited because it, you know, if you just jump right into doing things, it just like, you don't process everything and sometimes that can come back to bite you in the ass when you don't process something and then like all of a sudden it hits you like later down the road 10 times harder you know what i mean Mm -hmm. sometimes you just gotta slowly dip your toes back into it but uh that last ep though i love it man it's my favorite i think i i don't know a single person who doesn't love found at the bottom of lookout mountain Mm -hmm. i mean if you don't love that song comment on the live video (laughs) and i can fucking say that because i know nobody's gonna do it and if they do do it they're just being it to be a fucking asshole so um but i remember when you showed me the demo for well there's that picture of us in the car yeah Yeah. was it all of us you it was me you calling in and, and Annika, Annika. Yeah. yeah, and me and Colin and Ian are in the back seat <laughs> yeah. of your car like this, but we were listening to the the Mixes first demos, or... and was it No Love Son that you hated? Yeah. Just because it has, like, a completely different, like, kind of dancey, like, ding, ding, ding. Well, uh, the thing is, is that I went, like, I loved uh, Any, what, just, how like, I went with it. it so This is, like, too. it's going back to kind of how, like, you have to, uh, like, you agree on stuff mm-hmm. you know and i f- i fought in the studio for no love son as far as like i didn't like it yeah. you know and i was scared i was scared of that song you know yeah but i you know you have to compromise in a band you have to be willing for, be willing to change things and sometimes it'll, it works out for the better and for example this did work out for the better yeah and we just what happened to that song was this i had my idea um like the verses, just rhythm guitar just changed, yeah. and it made it a lot more like you know poppy sounding. But uh, I was just like, I was not a fan of it, mm-hmm. and I made it clear I wasn't. Like yeah. just that's me just being my third EPN and being more vocal on how I felt about things. I remember how frustrated you were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, but now, now, now I wouldn't change that song for the world. You know, like I, yeah, I now I love it. You know, it's it's one of those songs where. I had to wait till, you know, the master to come back for me to be like, all right, 
this is an awesome song. Like I was wrong. And it was just one of those examples where I had to adjust um, to everyone else. Yeah. And, and then it worked out for the better, you know? Yeah. Well, cause sometimes like the way you're hearing it, you might not like it, but then like we said, when somebody else hears it and they hear the direction for it or whatever, when like people add their own parts, it sometimes can turn into a completely different song. But I remember, uh, I feel like I've said that a thousand times. Um, but when you got the first mixes, I think, um, you sent me, I think, Another Day in... Yeah, another, in, another Day in Paradise. Yeah, found at the bottom, and uh, No Love Son. I don't I don't think you'd sent me Smith & Weston or... Mm-hmm. Um, but I just I remember listening to No Love Son in the car. It was like at night I was driving home from somewhere, and it just fucked me up up i've said it a thousand (laughs) times but um that song i mean just the chorus the way it builds up and like relating it to my own life and like um you know just like everybody has regrets and things that they would do differently and um mistakes they've made and just like that chorus just the way it's laid out just fucking punched me Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I'm not gonna lie. The first time I listened to it, I got a little emotional. Mm-hmm. I, kind of a lot emotional. That's I love the the ending to that song. Yeah, the like last ending to it is the that, that, that one hits home for sure. Yeah, well, and it, uh, yeah, just everything about that EP was so well crafted, and it sounded like you guys made. Like, Undesirable was, I still love that EP, but it was like the one, it was like your grown up if I fail EP, you know what I mean? It wasn't like the straight pop punk one, like the self-titled or like the super emo Undesirable. It was Mm -hmm. like just like the raw. We were figuring it out. Like, it felt like we were figuring figuring it out by the third EP. Like, yeah, as far as what we needed to do, for sure. And it, uh, I still uh, listen to it all the time, and like I play along to it on the drums, cause uh, you know when we started playing those songs, I was playing drums, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I don't know them on guitar. Yeah, but like yeah, I still I'll play along to every song on that EP on the drums, and like it just the emotion, like the everything about it is just fucking perfect, mm-hmm. and uh, if that's you know one thing that everybody can have is that music and you know his voice and everything like that Mm -hmm. and that's something that'll be there till the end of time yeah and i'm extremely grateful for it me too for memories and everything along those lines um so tell me about rocket league Oh my god, dude! <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not bring that up. We're gonna have another podcast. Rock. Yeah, <laughs> that's our uh, our spare time podcast. We're talking <laughs> yeah. about our spare time activities. Yeah. Um. So what uh, what song should we play? 
at the end of this podcast. I was thinking about this I've yesterday. Been, I've been excited to ask you this question because yeah. I honestly have no idea. Like but usually, I, know either, I ask <laughs> it so that people can say it on the podcast, but like generally, I know. But I was like, you kind of have, you know, you have a catalog. Which yeah. One? Uh, I, and I know you overthink these yeah, things, and you're gonna dude. be like, "This is the song I pick forever. It's gonna be out there forever." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, well, like it's it's hard because I was I was thinking about if this. If you yesterday. have to, you can hit me up later, and <laughs> I can re-upload it with a different song. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I was thinking about it pretty hard yesterday, and I know like Lookout Mountain has have has been played on the podcast before a couple of times, a few times. Has it? Yeah. Um, I think it was on Brad. No, Brad's was Welcome Legion, wasn't it? I'm not sure if Brad, but there's a few. Yeah. I know uh, uh, Taylor had used an F song before. Taylor Park? Yeah. yeah. And then um, I thought someone else used Lookout Mountain. I don't think so. I think it's only been used once. What, what, see, I was thinking about, I kind of want to go with One Last Favor. Yeah. But... Just because I'm emotionally tied to that song? I think after people hearing you talk about it, if they haven't already heard the song. All right, you convince me. Let's do that. <laughs> We're doing that one. I mean, it's just the way it's fucking, yeah, it's a beautiful song. I still think, and I don't know if I've actually said this to you, but I think that song should have been the last one on the EP just because it has that build at the end that has mm -hmm. like a similar beat to, to like, the, like uh, to yeah. No Love Son. Yeah. And I think there's like kind of a similar beat in Lookout Mountain. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, yeah, you, yeah, it's just we my two cents, it. man. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I do love that song and uh, I love you. I love you too, man. This More. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. This did you have a good time? time? Yeah, I did. I was worried. <laughs> Why are you worried? I don't know. I didn't. I I felt like I uh, I built it up in my head, but I was I was really excited to do this, and I know that we've had a lot of a lot of conversations about it, and uh, you know I'm kind of empathetic towards you know because a lot of people haven't heard you talk about it, you know, kind of like we talked about before, and. Um, you know, I think this will be really good for people to hear. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited that you got to uh, do this on my platform. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the record, this was Marcus came to me about this. Okay, this oh, wasn't yeah. a fucking marketing tactic. Yeah, I was, that was the. I, was I just want to say that because I was worried <laughs> about it the other day. I was like, "Fuck, people are gonna think that I like pressured him into coming on the podcast." Mm -hmm. And Bleh. no, I definitely. Just had a good day, yeah. and I wanted to ask you before I had a bad day. Because <laughs> so, you know that I hold you yeah, to it. things. Yeah, you're yeah. telling me to it. So. I'm pretty fucking annoying, dude. <laughs> <laughs> somebody says something, I'm fucking cut and dry. It's going to happen. So uh, uh, <clears throat> let's go back to how we're going to end it the first time. Take two. <laughs> I love you, Marcus. <laughs> I love you too, Jake. All right. And... Uh, this is One Last Favor by If I Fail off of their EP. Is it author of all your pain? Author. The author of all the your pain. The author of all your pain? Mm -hmm. Okay. 
One oh, last I, favor. Oh, yeah. Damn what? Right. I was going to say how that we, that title came about. Dude, this is my fucking podcast. As <laughs> Just long quick, as you want, we can quick. end it 30,000 times. Um, we didn't actually have a title for the EP yet. Um, yeah. When Colin passed. So we just oh, it, it wasn't even finished finished done, yeah. yeah we were like in we we're doing like you know final mixes on it we still needed uh, I think some guitar parts in there um, we were actually saving uh, the author um, of all your pain for a full length yeah but you know and then once Colin passed I just I did oh, that name was too good the yeah name was too good and I don't I wanted people. Like to know, like, yeah, just I need, people need to know that name, you know, that that title because I yeah. love that title and it's it seemed solid. it seemed fitting just because Colin, the way he wrote, you know, yeah, it was just too fitting and I had to do it. So I so I uh, made the call to call it that as a on that EP. So, yeah, that's, that's all I had amazing. to say. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, thank you, Marcus. Yep. Again, this is one last favor off of If I Fail ZP, the author of All Your Pain. I've been thinking about you leaving till you're choking. I'm not breathing, but love is a lie. A four letter goodbye. Every time I cried, I hope your heart died. Is it really so hard?
that you can't And I'm out of patience Here's a hate song for doing me so wrong Mr. Razor, one last favor 